When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Tonight, the unthinkable could happen. For a week, everybody's been telling you that right now, a team trailing 3-0 in a playoff series has a record of 150-0. Tonight, it could become 150 and one, the Celtics could do the unthinkable, unless your name's Greeny, who's been predicting it, and actually pull off four straight over Miami. Tonight, you can watch a game on ESPN. You can listen to it on ESPN Radio, obviously, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. He's, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN. We're, we're everywhere. Just, just find us. We're all over the place. And it's time for a progressive NBA snapshot. The funny thing about this game, Harry, that I think is interesting is that You have two guys that have shown up in this year's playoffs in Game 7. You have Jimmy Butler, who has done it against the Bucs, and you obviously have Jason Tatum, who just did it against the 76ers. But nothing changes the fact that there have been times that Tatum has been invisible in some of these games. And Jimmy Butler, for the last two games, has been a shell of who he usually is aggressively. So it's interesting that you have two guys with a ton of proof of concept in Game 7 taking each other on, and they both have to be absolutely sensational if they want their respective teams to win. Yeah, let's just look at the last game um, for our case study, right? We look at Jason Tatum, had nine points in the first quarter, had 25 at halftime, scores zero points in the third quarter, ends up with 31 points to end the game. You look at a guy in Jimmy Butler who struggled tremendously throughout that that game six game and basically was a no-show in in a lot of capacities because I didn't think he was his best defensively at all either because when Jason Tatum had the basketball, Jason Tatum had his way and was beating him to the basket on numerous of occasions. But then you see the last four minutes of the game, Jimmy Butler scores 13 points and gives the Heat an opportunity to win a basketball game. I think for both of these players, when it comes to Jason Tatum for the Celtics and Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat, I don't think they have room for error in this matchup. Even though the supporting cast for both teams have picked up the slack for those guys when they haven't been their best, I just think when it comes to a Game 7, and I think about Game 7 and those two famous words – I think about the superstars rising to the occasion, putting the team on their backs and being able to wheel them to a victory. And if you're not able to wheel your team to a victory, we leave that game saying, damn, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum gave everything they got. And they didn't lose the game because of though either one of those two players. I think that has to be the mentality tonight for both of those guys going into this game seven um, yeah, here and, on Memorial and, Day. And that for- actually took place a year ago to the, to the day. I mean, stick there for a second, though, Harry, because what you're saying, I think, is really important in this, like, in this particular matchup. We've been talking a lot about the role players, and I think on our show, we talk about it all the time. The other guys have to show up. I know that this is bad basketball analysis for a lot of people, but quite frankly, 
I don't give a damn about role players in this game. Like when you when you get to game seven, it's about your stars being the best players in the world. It's about like your stars rising up and having historic performances. Yes, we can all talk about how some of those game winning bull shots, for example, didn't come from Michael Jordan, but those games are remembered for Michael Jordan, right? Like mm-hmm. you just if you're Jason Tatum, if you're Jimmy Butler, this is your night. This is your night to be a legacy. Like that, that's as cheesy as that sounds. And I know the smarter basketball thing is, hey, we all need we need everybody to be at their best. Man, I can't look past that. Like for me, it's a very surface level. Your best have to be your best, right? And we're gonna. I'm gonna look at a team that's already in the NBA Finals, right? Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. When they needed to win the game to complete the series, he showed up. Had a triple double, thirty points, um, over ten rebounds, over ten assists, and really hit some big shots in the fourth quarter late to get them over the hump. So now, when you look at the Eastern Conference and you look at this Game Seven, um, this Eastern Conference Finals, that is. I need those two guys to be phenomenal. On top of those two guys being phenomenal, bam, for the Miami Heat, can't be subpar. He has to be on his he P's his name. Like, I can't go with Bam anymore. Like, Bam, Bam. <laughs> like, I, I said this the other day. He, he's less like Bam Bam Bigelow now, and he's more like Bam Bam from the Jetsons or, or, or from the Flintstones at this point. Like, Bam-Bam. just look, look Bam-Bam. at Bam Bam. Look at Bam Bam. Like, there's just – you can't tell me anybody sitting there saying, it, it, oh, my God, we have to face Bam at a bio. How will we ever handle his physicalness yeah. under the – like – it's just it has been bad man it's been tough to watch a couple of times and i i'm a bam fan and wow that was hard for me to say i'm a bam fan and i'm watching this i'm just watching him he get he's just getting pushed around and out he's getting bullied on the block man it's not I, it, it, but it can't happen it can't happen in the game seven and um, for the boston celtics you know secondary player to jason tatum Jalen brown he's gonna have to be phenomenal right he can't be in foul trouble not being on a basketball court costing his team because he is that sense of instant offense. He had 10 points in the first quarter and then ended up scoring 15 in the second half, 15 points that I think was gratefully needed. Six in the last, I say, five minutes and 30 seconds in the third quarter in which you had Jason Tatum, you know, kind of fall off and didn't score any points. So I think he can't put himself in a situation where he's fouling and has to sit down oh, be, be, because of bad decisions def, uh, defensively or offensively in getting charges. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance like I do with Annabelle. Love you, Annabelle. Every time I say that, I just like to make sure Annabelle gets a shout-out. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, really quick, tell us what color Annabelle is. She's a black dog. She's a, she, you know, she's, she, why, why do we ask, Gary? I mean, <laughs> I just want, I just, I just wanted people to know what color uh, your dog was. I mean, my, I, I got a black dog. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's my uh, black princess. <laughs> Okay, uh, Dane in Pittsburgh, <laughs> save us. Keep our jobs for us, Dane. Dane, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got on tonight's game? How you guys doing today? Yeah, we're great, doing man. good. Hey, uh, I just want to call in and let you guys know uh, that the Celtics are a mortal lock tonight, and this is the reason why I say so. Uh, last game, you know, they shot their worst three-point uh, shooting performance all year. They're not going to do that tonight. All they got to do is make five more, and I think they're good. I think they're uh, – Inside game is at Clinton tonight. Last week they caught 70% of twos in the first half and 66 in the second. I think that's the stats you all had. And uh, last but not least, as you know, in this history of uh, the seven-game, six-game series, whenever the best team wins game number six and takes it to their seventh game, they usually win 87% of the time. I think Miami uh, – putting everything into that last game and Butler guaranteeing that and losing the way they did. I think they're mentally out of the game. I look for the Celtics to blow them out by at least 20 tonight. 
Now, Dane, thank you for the call. If that doesn't happen, call Fitz and Harry tomorrow. Triple H ESPN tomorrow from noon to three Eastern. We'll be on ESPN Radio. I, want, I just want to hear your thoughts because he said by twenty. By piece. Tw- like I, I just don't think any. Oof. This is the thing. I think all of us sitting in front of a microphone are going to talk about pressure. I don't think the Heat feel any of it. Like, there wasn't even a moment last night when the game was on the line where I felt like there was this big reading of, like, oh, the moment's too big for them. I, I, Jimmy Butler took too long to start making contact and get uh, get physical at the rim, in my opinion. Didn't happen till the fourth. I think he carries that mentality into the first quarter of this game. But I've thought that for the last two games, and it hasn't happened. I, I, Harry, I don't know. Like, well, let me, let I, me I'm, say I'm this. a degenerate gambler, and I'm staying the hell away from this game. Like, I'm not so, putting any money on it. So going into this game seven, the thing, the thing, the one thing that worries me about the Miami Heat is not having enough elite shot makers. That's why I favor the Boston Celtics, whether it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or the supporting cast. You talk about Marcus Smart picking up the slack, and I think he hit four, three or four threes uh, in game six. But in that third quarter, when you know Jason Tatum was down, he was a guy that was making shots. He made some in the fourth quarter as well. But then you have a guy in Derek White who's been able to hit big shots in this series and go on streaks from the three-point line as well. You look at Malcolm Brogdon, if he's able to play, he's sixth man of the year. He's a guy that's capable of being a scoring force for the Boston Celtics. So when you look at the two teams, and if you just take away you know, the stars, the supporting cast for the Boston Celtics are guys that can, you know, make buckets and knock them down, I feel like more consistently, more so than a supporting cast for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And also, I'm not going to take anything away from how well the Celtics played in in Boston in Game 5. But also, the Celtics haven't been consistent at home. They were great in Game 7 also against uh, Philly. But we all know it hasn't been consistent. Like, there are ups and downs to all of this. Let's take Ron in Kentucky. Ron, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got for us? How you doing? First of all, uh, thanks for taking my call. First of all, I'm old school, and I go back in many ways. I think about when uh, Havlicek stole the ball. I think about the pass that Isaiah Thomas made. I think about the Gerald Henderson interception. I just want to say this to Miami Heat fans, and Pat Riley knows this better than anybody. The leprechaun may show up in Boston Garden tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Better hope that the leprechaun don't show up. Whether it's not the original, it may be his great-grandson may be there. But, you know, strange things have happened in the Boston Garden. Take it over, guys. Oh, thanks for the call. I love that. You know what? Here's the thing that we've all said about it. If you're Miami, the reason you never wanted to get there is because, again, I'm going to use a sports cliche, but anything can happen in a Game 7. It's it's the reason why when we were talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs earlier, as a as a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I, I'm wildly nervous about the possibility that they don't win in, in Dallas and have to go back to Game 7, even though it would be in Vegas, because anything can happen in a Game 7. Like, the Leprechaun could come out and take the pot of gold or take the Heat to the pot. I, I have no idea. Aaron. Well, like, let me say this. Let me say this. For, for the Miami Heat, I don't think it's the Leprechaun they need to worry about, because in Game 5, they had McLovin. McLovin from the movie Superbad. At the game. And see, the officers in the movie Superbad, see, they blocked McLovin in the movie. But see, they couldn't block McLovin when he was at that Celtics game. And the Celtics came out hitting on all cylinders. So the Miami Heat better hope McLovin doesn't make another appearance at the TD Garden at the Boston Celtics Arena because it might not be good. McLovin's on a he's on a heater right now. I got McLovin beef, though, Harry. Like, I got McLovin what? beef. Yeah, I got beef Why? with McLovin. 
Because he, we have the same birthday. June 3rd is my birthday. So every year on my birthday, there's all these pictures of McLovin's ID, his fake ID, where it says McLovin on it, June 3rd. <laughs> McLovin's stealing my birthday shine. I, I don't know how I feel but about no, that. No, see, you guys need to combine together, join, the, join forces. Okay. And, and go over and just take the town. You know, middle-aged white dude hanging well, out the with ladies, McLovin. The ladies started loving McLovin. No, no they how- love McLovin in the movie. I think if I walk up to the club <laughs> with McLovin, we ain't getting in. Like, I, I walk up to the club with Harry Douglas, I'm getting in. I walk up with McLovin. Well, I'll come with you and McLovin. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure y'all are taken care of. Okay, that, that, that sounds better. He, <laughs> he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. I think I probably owe McLovin an apology for implying he doesn't get it. He's super rich and very famous. Well, I'm yeah, sure. you was you blocking McLovin just like the officers in the movie did. See, mm-hmm. McLovin is tired of being blocked. Stop wow. blocking McLovin. I've got nothing but love for McLovin. All right, coming up, there's one person in this entire series that we now owe an apology. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry taking over Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It was about a week ago that we were all wondering if Joe Mazzulla was coaching for his job. Now, as we head into Game 7 tonight, it's fair to wonder if there are a bunch of people that owe Joe Mazzulla an apology. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. If you're new to us, shame on you. You can hang out with us every single weekday from noon to 3. Uh, that's 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern every single day, weekday on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM. We hope that you'll continue hanging out with us in the afternoons if you're just discovering us. Now, we mentioned earlier some of our takes, uh, specifically about Joe Missoula not that long ago, but we weren't the only ones. A lot of people were talking about it. In fact, Harry, J. Will of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max said this about Joe Missoula exactly one week ago today. You're sitting there looking at, you know, Joe Missoula today saying, you're so green. Like, that's why we said this was the biggest mismatch in the entire playoffs. It wasn't a player on the court. It's been Eric Spoelstra going against Joe Missoula. And now you're asking yourself the real question, yo, will he be back as the head coach next year for a team that has lost their identity? Harry, I mean, I I think we've answered that question, obviously. Well, I would say this. um, You talk about narratives and how they can shift drastically. Just a week ago, we were all questioning if Joe Mazzula was the right guy for the job. Not that he couldn't be phenomenal in a regular season, but for the task at hand in the moment in which we were talking about, or the moments, right? In, in late in ball games versus the Philadelphia 76ers, being able to you know, come up and draw up certain plays for uh, the Celtics to run and be able to get a bucket to win those games in which they weren't able to when they lost to going down in this series three games to none 
and a lot of things being questioned. And then you look on the opposite side and see Eric Spolster and what he's been able to do in the playoffs uh, as well, beating the number, number one seed in the Milwaukee Bucks, winning against the New York Knicks, and also at that point leading them to a 3-0 lead. But then I think the last three games, the narrative have shifted, shifted and things have changed because Joe Mazzula has been phenomenal, learned from his mistakes, and has really stepped up to the plate when it comes to leading his basketball team. Players got to go out there and play, but also – Coaches have to be able to lead and put them in the best positions to be successful. And I think of three situations in game six, Fitz. I look at Jalen Brown, who got his fourth foul in the game at the 949 mark. But Joe Mazzula, you're from Vegas, rolling the dice at the craps table and saying, you know what? Let me get my second best player back in the basketball game because I understand that we need offense. That's also the quarter that, you know, Jason Tatum didn't have any points. And then instantly Jason uh, Jalen Brown scores six points at the five-minute mark on down to help the Boston Celtics. I think at that moment, and then seeing what he did, challenging that play at the end, and a lot of people was upset about it. Well, guess what? You can't go home with a challenge in your pocket, mm. so why not use it? And it allowed the officials to put more time on the clock. Also, you look at the last play of the game, um, I, I thought you know they were trying to get the ball to Jason Tatum, but him understanding that it may be – opportunity for someone else because they may not let Jason Tatum get this basketball. Marcus Smart, trusting his coach, ran and was alert, got the ball, shot it. But Derek White, you know, doing things from an instinct perspective, playing the game hard in which Joe Mazzula probably preaches every single day to his guys. Don't take possessions off. Do the, the, little, the little things of the game, certain intangibles, hustle plays, offensive rebounding, crossing the boards, crashing the boards, running for loose balls, diving on the floor, getting the 50-50 balls. He preaches those things probably every single day. And those three things in that ball game, I think, help the Boston Celtics get a win and force a game seven. Part of what we've talked about a lot uh, through this process, too, is just pressing the right buttons, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Like, we've seen the Celtics come out flat a couple of times, and we've been very hard on Joe Mazzulla for that because that's part of his responsibility, right? We've seen the Celtics come out hard the last few games so like I think this is part of the growth in opinion on Missoula is part of watching him grow and in fairness something that we've also mentioned is that let's be real in the very beginning of Spolster's career there were people that thought he couldn't handle the moment too so like there is a growth and a learning curve for coaches I don't think it was fair when they were down three nothing to say hey he's not handling that learning curve right I don't think I, I think it's fair now to say he is like it's just Different data. We have different data today than we had a week ago. And it's not just the wins. It's the way the wins have come about. It's the way the wins have looked. It's the effort of the team that's happened in that entire process. So I think it's accumulation, Harry, of a bunch of that to get us to where we are right now. Well, it's also showed me that he, he didn't lose that locker room. And those guys understood that, hey, they needed to step up and make the, the right plays and, you know, be better for their coach as well. Because, you know, coaches may get to blame a lot of the times. And, and Joe Mazzula did something I thought a lot of people wouldn't do. He took the bullet for his team, and those guys responded. Where he could have, you know, threw guys under the bus. He could have said things differently. No, he put it all on himself and said, you know what, I got to be better as a coach. I don't have these guys prepared. And the team responded, and now they're, they're in a game seven today with an opportunity to go to their second straight NBA Finals. Well, the, he'd have a chance to respond, too. Let's, uh, let's take off from Jesus in Ohio. All right, Jesus, what do you got for us for tonight's game? Hey, uh, Miami's going to win the game. 
because it's not because Jimmy Butler or Ben, it's because um, exposure. Because um, losing against seven, losing a, a 3 0 lead won't matter much if it comes from like a pop pitch for the Sacramento coach, somebody with experience, but coming from a rookie coach. Losing that, that game to a rookie coach that everybody always says is no fit for the Boston Celtics, that's going to hurt him a lot more than anything else. So he's going to get it done. Even if he has to punch Jimmy Buckler to make sure he gets his head right, he may have to bend to do push-ups in the game to make sure he gets down hard into the pain. He's going to get it done today. Thanks for the comment. Harry, I love the imagery of just like, I want the camera to be right on Spoh's face right before the game, and he just whacks Jimmy Butler, and then he's like, go play. I mean, that would be amazing. Oh, that would be epic television. He said, bam, doing them push-ups. He need to do more than push-ups the way he's been getting pushed around in that paint by Al Horford and company. I mean, right now, I think I put my money on Harry Douglas to do more push-ups than bam. I, I'm just saying, you're right. It's been it's been, it's been been less bam and more bam. Uh, let's take another caller. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt in Vermont. Matt, what do you got for us? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy holidays to everybody out there. You too. Especially to our military brothers and sisters. Anyway, so season ticket holder of the Celtics. Been going to every game, every home game. And one thing I've definitely seen is the maturity in Joe. He's getting better at being a coach. That's great. That's awesome. But he is still scares the you-know-what out of me because he's not reacting quick enough for the changes that he needs to make as the game progresses. Let's face it. The Celtics players, inconsistent. I love them. I love Joe. I love my team. However, you don't know who you're going to get from game to game. So Joe's got to be able to think on the fly. And sometimes he's not fast enough in making those changes. That bothers me. That's my biggest fear. That's the thing that we fight about the most in my family is what should we be doing with Joe. (laughs) But I think if he can make the changes and he can be – because we don't know. We don't know what Tatum we're going to get tonight. We hope we're going to get the Tatum that drops 50. Who knows? We may get the Tatum that drops nine. We don't know what we're going to get. So Joe's got to be prepared. And you know what? Time Lord, he's great. You got to get him in there. Al's great. Al's getting a little old. Make sure you're rotating them through. And I'm telling you right now, we feel it. Boston feels it. New England feels it. And I I think we got this one easy tonight. 20 may be high. I'm thinking 10. Oh, man. The confidence. But I love the imagery of everybody at the cookout just being like, dear Lord. Bless our Celtics today as but we Fitz, look for game seven. Yeah. I, I think Joe, Joe Mazzula did recognize it during this game. Yep. Because you had some sporadic things going from Jason Tatum and him not be aggressive enough in the third quarter, that's why he put Jalen Brown back in the game with the four fouls at the 530 mark. So I, think, I thought he did notice it in game and, and, and made that adjustment. I, I totally agree with you, and I think Mazzula was really good in game six. Doesn't make me any less nervous about Game 7. I, I, I will echo it again. I have no idea. Thank God yeah. we don't have to make picks at least for a couple more hours. I can figure it out. Coming up, which team is the biggest disappointment on Memorial Day? We'll answer that question for you next. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 80, and everywhere else. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're enjoying hanging out with Harry and I, please consider hanging out with us every single weekday from noon to 3 on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're here to give you that little comfort, that little midday snuggle you need every single day. Uh, when we need baseball information, one of our favorites, Tim Kirkchen, ESPN Baseball Insider, answers the bat phone. We're lucky enough that he's answered the bat phone right now. He's on the call for Twins-Astros. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Tim, always appreciate your time. And I'm going to start at the wrong end of the Major League Baseball standings because you know my love for Vegas. And now, all of a sudden, I'm finding out that I may need to become an A's fan. And at the same time, the A's are doing horrific things this year with a run differential of a minus 190. 99. What, if anything, can baseball do to fix the way the A's are treating this season? Yeah, it's it's really not good for the game. That there is a team out there that's already lost 45 games. No team has lost that many games before June in the history of the game, and it's really not even close. 96 Tigers, 2013 Marlins lost 41 before June. But this team has allowed 10 or more runs in a game 17 times already. This is so unhealthy for baseball that there is a team that's on a pace to win basically 30 games. The ultimate beauty of the game is that any night a bad team can beat a good team in baseball. doesn't work that way in basketball. doesn't work that way in football. No bad team ever went into Chicago Stadium and beat Jordan's Bulls. But now when the A's win a game, it's like an upset, and that is not good for the game. So there's no way to fix it this year. Ownership has decided this is our team, and it's just not not competitive right now. And instead of piling on, we should feel bad that this is where the A's have put themselves. Again, this is where ownership has, has put this team. Well, Tim, that gives Fitz a lot of things to cheer for in the future. I'm used to teams that suck. I mean, this is just my – it's perfect fit to my fandom. I never watch winners, Tim. This is my – yeah. This but, is Tim, I want to ask you about the Mets. Right now they're sitting at 500. They're third in the NL East. Um, at what point should you think the fans should worry about their team? 
Well, I'm certainly not ready to worry right now about the Mets. Um, although their starting pitching ERA right now is 5.13. That is ridiculously high for a team with this kind of pitching. Last year, their starter's ERA was 361. So that has to get fixed, but I think it will be because it's only a matter of time between before Scherzer and Verlander and Senga really get this thing going. And then I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs. They are a really good offensive team, even though they've been shut out seven times. Now, I'm not suggesting they're going to catch the Braves in the NL East. I think the Braves are that much better right now uh, than the Mets are. But with the NL a little bit weak right now, a little bit down right now, uh, I still see the Mets making the playoffs. I still see them, you know, go, being way better than they've been to this point. But again, they have to get their starting pitching straightened out first. Tim, two of the best stories this year, particularly, have been the Rays and the Orioles, right? So when you look forward through the rest of the season, which one of those teams do you think has a better chance of being at the end of this whole thing uh, as relevant as possible? Well, the Rays are the best team in baseball and have been since the first day of the season. They've hit over 100 home runs already. It's absurd. Their run differential is ridiculous also. And even though they've had two terrible injuries to really good starting pitchers, they got Tyler Glass now back. And it looks like their starting pitching is going to be fine. Their bullpen is good. But it's their offense that is different this year than in recent years. This is a demonstrably better offensive team than it's been in recent years. Josh Lowe is a really good player now. They they used to take their 14-man roster and you know of everyday players and find nine everyday players from those 14. But now... They have 14 everyday players on their team. Taylor Walls is a really good player now. Wander Franco is a star. Yanni Diaz is having a great year. I mean, they can really score runs now to go with that great pitching and that elite defense. I love the Orioles where they're going, but the Rays are the best team in baseball, and they're headed towards really good things if they don't get any more injuries. So since we're talking about the great teams in baseball, Tim, I think it's only right and, you know, fair to talk about the Atlanta Braves. Um, right now they're playing some some good baseball. Matt Olson had a big night as well last night. I was at that game that was on ESPN. But they're going to get a pitcher back and Mike Soroka, who set to start in his first game since 2020. What kind of difference maker can Mike Michael Soroka be for the Atlanta Braves um, if he remains healthy? He is really good. Go back and look at his 2019 season, how good he was. He has great stuff. The poor guy had started three games in 2020, and no game hasn't pitched since due to a variety of injuries. If he can come back and be anything close to the 2019 Mike Soroka, then the Braves are even better than we thought they were because they need another starting pitcher you know, Max Fried is out to the middle of July with a forearm injury. Their pitching is fine. They can really, really score runs. But if Soroka is the really smart, really good kid who pitched in 2019, and there's no reason he can't return to this. He's still really young, big, and strong. Um, they're in really good shape. Tim, one of the teams a lot of us were wrong about were the Padres. What did we all miss? 
Well, I missed it too so far. Um, you know, I thought this would be a devastating offensive team, and it's been nothing close to that. Juan Soto's finally started to hit here, but if you look at that team, we keep talking about look at the first four guys in that order, first four or five, but after that, this has not been a good offensive team at all. And I think that's going to change, but – I think it just proves, again, it's it's more than having great talent on your team. You have to learn to play together. They have a great manager, Bob Melvin, who's going to pull this together eventually. They have good starting pitching, which hasn't been real good so far. I, I refuse to believe they're this bad. I think they're going to turn this around. And, again, in a winnable National League playoff situation, I still think they can make the playoffs. But I had no idea they would struggle like this you know, 55 games into the season. You can hear him today. Twins-Astros coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tim, I'm not going to spend any money on A's gear until something's finalized. So if you hear that the Vegas thing is a done deal, I'm not giving him my money until it happens, all right? Green and yellow, not my best colors. The team sucks. I Like, Tim, help me here. That's all I'm asking. Just help me along the way. I, I wish I could. I asked somebody in the know the other day, what's the percentage chance that the A's moved to Las Vegas. And he says, I can't tell if it's 2% or 98%. That's how confusing this is. I think we need to settle on 50-50 that they move. My guess is they will. But this is far from over. There's still a lot of money and a lot of complicated issues going on. So I'm not positive what's happening with, with the A's moving to Vegas. Just Tim, Tim, it's simple. Tell him to get away from the dark side and come uh, to the bright side no, where no, the Braves no, are. No, 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 you know, this is what I deal with every day, Tim. This is the, this is what it's like <laughs> working with a Braves fan. Uh, sorry to hear that. Hang in there, Fitz. You'll be all right. Tim, appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Okay, guys, see you. It's Tim Kirchin. Tune in Memorial Day for baseball action the Astros host the Twins. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You can hear Tim on that call on ESPN Radio. Going to be absolutely great. Nothing better than a little bit of Memorial Day baseball action. Coming up, how much confidence do you have in the Heat with their role players being able to replicate the last performance? We'll answer that question next. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I feel like I got trust issues. And for once, I'm not talking about my personal life. I'm actually talking about just a sports fan. Because tonight, all I am is the sports. I don't care who wins tonight's game. I genuinely don't. And I, I don't give a damn one way or the other. I just want to see an epic, incredible game. What I care about is by the end of this show, I'm going to have to tell the world who I think is going to win. And I don't know who I can trust. Particularly, one of the questions you have to ask is, Miami just got a great night from some of their key role players. Can they do that again in the Garden? It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It's about confidence, man. Like, everything, Harry, is about confidence at this point. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And one thing we've talked a lot about is Game 7 confidence. Well, you got Game 7 confidence in Tatum because of what he did against the 76ers. You got Game 7 confidence in Jimmy Butler, even though he hasn't been his best the last couple of games because of what he did against the Bucks. Like, I can stack the Legos together to build this whole Lego Millennium Falcon of Game 7 confidence. The question is... All of these guys that we've been talking about as plucky overachievers for Miami that played really well in Game 6, like everybody else I felt like played well enough that Miami should have won that game, and they didn't. So now not only does Jimmy Butler need to step up, not only does Bam Adebayo need to be drastically better, but they got to look in the mirror and ask themselves, can you get that performance again from the rest of your guys in a way that outweighs uh, Boston's guys? Like I think it's a tall task, Harry. Well, here's the thing. Looking at this series and looking at the Miami Heat, right, Caleb Martin, who was inserted into the starting lineup in Game 6, has been phenomenal this entire series. That was one of the reasons why Eric Spoelstra said, you know what, we need a guy who can you know, get his own shot off, who can knock down open looks when he gets them, and a guy that can rebound a basketball as well. He had 15 rebounds last game to go along with 21 points, and Caleb, Caleb Martin did not disappoint. So this entire series, I feel like he's been phenomenal uh, when he started the last game and also when he was coming off the bench in the other games. Also, this team is drastically different when Gabe Vincent is the starting point guard. We've seen a game five in which the Miami Heat struggled on so many different levels to, in the half court set, to be able to get shots and get open looks and the team be put in certain positions. Now when you have a Gabe Vincent who came back in game six, a guy that can knock down the three ball, even extended a little bit more from the three-point line, a guy that can score in the half court, now it brings another dimension to this basketball team and open things up for other guys as well. Now, the one chess piece is Duncan Robinson. He's a liability defensively, but offensively, he's a guy that can knock down three-pointers and can, you know, get streaky and hit threes if you give him the airspace uh, to do so. Well, he's a guy that also that had 10 points in the fourth quarter of, of game six. And to your point, he's also got to shake off two wide-open looks. And and look, missing a wide-open look is something that happens to everybody. I get it. 
But, man, you're talking about their best three-point shooter that had two wide-open looks that could have been three-pointers that absolutely changed the outcome of this game. And he missed both of them. And he had enough time back there to sit down, pack a picnic, like talk you know, talk to his friends, maybe phone a friend, figure out his form. Like, he had 87 <laughs> seconds, it felt like, back there, wide open to just get it done and miss both those shots. He's got to quickly put that out of his mind to be able to come in and be who they need him to be shooting, right? Y- yes, but here's the thing, though, because – I understand he missed those two open looks, and it's a make-or-miss lead. That's just the reality of it. And you would love for him, if you're the Miami Heat or Miami Heat fans, to knock down those open looks that he got. But at the same time, he gave you 10 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Why couldn't Bam give you that? Why couldn't Bam give you 10-plus points in the fourth quarter? So when we think about Duncan Robinson, he did what he was supposed to do coming into that game, especially in the fourth quarter. He gave the Miami Heat the boost that they needed. And here's the thing with Duncan. Uh, not with Duncan, I'm sorry, with Bam. Here's the thing, and he's Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz. Here's the thing with, with Bam that just drives me crazy. Like, I felt like after game five, because you and I came out of game five saying, man, Bam Adebayo did not look like, there was just no dominance. There was no you know that little game, they got them little pinballs in there, the, the balls just be bouncing side to side? Mm-hmm. Man, they was bouncing Bam around in that paint like one of them little pinballs, yeah, man. 100%. So I expected game six, like, look, I'll give you that. I'll give you a game because as something something you've pointed out, uh, Swagoo's pointed out with us on our show before, most athletes will tell you some nights you just your your body doesn't have it. Even if you mm-hmm. want to have it, your body doesn't have it. I'll give you one of those. But then like when that's been questioned, boy, you gotta find the next year. Like you are where you are. You're bam out of bio. You're bam damn out of bio. Like you need to be able to come out and just assert your dominance. The fact that in a game coming off of him looking as poor as he did in game five, he was still sort of uh, you know, abuse, let's say that way, in game six. I, I lost all faith. I got no faith in Bam right now. Like, I hope but, but, but it's, it's, wrong, it's, but it's, it's also a, it's a, it's about changing the narrative, right? We talk about how Joe Mazzula has changed the narrative uh, from a coaching perspective by winning these last three games and tying this series up, and the Boston Celtics have an opportunity to do something that's never been done in NBA history, right? Joe, Joe Mazzula changed the narrative. For Bam, I think in this game seven, I think you can kind of change some narratives as well. If you go out there, you're a physical force, you make your shots, um, you rebound the basketball, but you're not getting overpowered by the Celtics' front lineup. Like, I, th- I think you can change the narrative, and then the Miami Heat win this game, and, and you're efficient in the manner in doing so, I think he could change the narrative in those regards. Yeah, you are so right about one. Like, a game seven will wash away everything we think about everything else that happened. Like, you and I have questioned Jimmy Butler the last couple of games, particularly his approach. I know that, you know, when you talk about the way he played late in the fourth, it, it justifies a lot of it. But when you look at the way overall he's played the last couple of games, there's been a change in approach. If Jimmy Butler comes out and has another, let's say, passive game, uh, isn't able to find that next year, it just gets his butt kicked by the Celtics, that's going to change the way we see this entire playoff run by Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler comes out and he is just, you know what, grapefruits to the wall, but all of a sudden, like, that, that, that'll that reinforce him. Same with Bam. Bam can be as invisible as he's been over the last two games, in my opinion, but if he comes out and he is, if he just comes out slinging and grapefruits, all of a sudden we are going to have a much different... If he is just a produce yep. farmer, we're going to have a much different... I keep just doubling down well, on this grapefruits well, analogy, but you know what I mean. We're, we're going to know early, right? In Game 7, in, in those phenomenal two words that people love to hear, Game 7, it's all about the stars. Yes, the role players got to play their role and do the things that they're capable of doing, but it's about the stars and the superstars. It's about Jimmy Butler. It's about Bam Adebayo. It's about Jason Tatum. It's about Jalen Brown. Which duo will be the greatest and lead their team 
to an NBA Finals appearance versus the Denver Nuggets. The, the, the amount of conversation that's going to happen about every single person that will be overanalyzed, like we said earlier, Duncan Robinson and the, the, the two missed shots, those shots are forgettable shots if the Heat come back and win Game 7. Mm-hmm. If they don't, it becomes part of a montage that will be talked about for the rest of NBA history for the first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead. So, coming up, has this series changed how we're supposed to view Jimmy Butler? We'll answer it next. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.